empirical research, data-driven analysis, evidence-based policymaking, trust the science. Every day, we hear these shibboleths about what science is, how it should be conducted, and how it relates to politics. Not all of it is nonsense, mind you. We do want our policymaking to be based on reality and not on illusion. So how should we understand science and its relation to politics? What would Hayek say? I'm Scott Nelson with the Austrian Economic Center and Hayek Institute in Vienna, Austria, and this week we're going to take a look at what Hayek has to say about science versus scientism. So this video is a sequel of sorts to an earlier video on scientism hosted by my colleague Kai Weiss, uh, as well as our last video about true and false individualism, where we mentioned that Hayek's essay on that topic was supposed to lead into a grand project that in the end he never realized, namely his work on the abuse and decline of reason. So let's go a little bit further into that since it turns out that Hayek's views on science, what it is and isn't, what it is and isn't capable of, are more relevant today than ever. For Hayek, part of our problems with the way science is conducted and influences politics begins in the first half of the 19th century. During this time, science is increasingly associated with the physical and biological disciplines that begin to claim a special rigor and certainty for themselves, thereby distinguishing themselves from the other sciences. They were successful in their endeavors, and accordingly, those working in other fields grew more fascinated with their success. And so rapidly, they began to imitate both the teaching and the vocabulary of the natural sciences. Thus, according to Hayek, commenced the tyranny which the methods and technique of the sciences, in, in the narrow sense of that term, have ever since exercised over other subjects. This is part of what Hayek calls scientism. The scientistic, as distinguished from the scientific view, is not an unprejudiced, but a very prejudiced approach, which, before it's even considered its subject, claims to know what is the most appropriate way of investigating it. Hayek observes that the natural science approach to the social science attempts to remove the human factor in order to obtain objective, strictly controlled results. What is more, in repeatedly attempting to remove the human factor, this science, or scientism, sees man's ideas of the world not as valid or, or valuable interpretations of the world, but rather as an imperfect instrument to be improved. So scientism is then about teaching man what he ought to think about the world. Now, this may work for the natural sciences, but when it comes to the social sciences, Hayek disagrees. Science is not about teaching man what he ought to think about the world, but rather studying what man does, in fact, think about the world, regardless of whether what man thinks about the world is true or false. For Hayek, the scientist's disposition is investigative, 
not propagandistic. And you come to understand man by examining human action. Now, of course, you might include here action that affects man, but which he doesn't reflect on, such as the functioning of his circulatory system or respiratory system or whatever. But by human action, Hayek is referring to what people think they are doing. So conscious action. And the strange thing, as Hayek observes, is that if we restricted ourselves to offering an explanation of, of human action in purely physical terms of what the actor was doing, so disregarding the actor's own perspective on his actions, then we would actually be confining ourselves to less than we really know about the situation. So now, why is this? Well, one of the reasons is because for Hayek, human action involves some intentionality. People intend to do or fulfill certain things. They have choice. They have choice both of the ends as well as the means that they will employ to reach those ends. And because they have choice as intentional beings, there's always an element of uncertainty, the possibility that they could choose differently than you might expect. And there's another reason why if we explained human phenomena in purely physical terms that we would be confining ourselves to less than we know about the situation. And that's because the objective facts under analysis in human action make sense only in regards to human purposes. So let's hear what Hayek has to say about this. I quote, Take the concept of a tool or instrument, or of any particular tool such as a hammer or a barometer. It's easily seen that these concepts cannot be interpreted to refer to objective facts, that is, to things irrespective of what people think about them. Careful logical analysis of these concepts will show that they all express relationships between several, at least three, terms, of which one is the acting or thinking person, the second, some desired or imagined effect, and the third, a thing in the ordinary sense. If the reader will attempt a definition, he will soon find that he cannot give one without using some terms such as suitable for, or intended for, or some other expression referring to the use for which it is designed by somebody. And a definition, which is to comprise all instances of the class, will not contain any reference to its substance or shape or other physical attribute. An ordinary hammer and a steam hammer, or an aneroid barometer and a mercury barometer, have nothing in common except the purpose for which men think they can be used. So in physical terms, a hammer is really nothing more than a hard steel head attached to a wooden handle. What makes it a hammer, what defines its essence, is how we choose to use it. So there's a certain subjective element at, at work here. 
The science of human phenomena, social sciences, should take this into account, Hayek says, whereas scientism does not. Scientism, the application of the exact methods that you use in the natural sciences to the social sciences. Scientism doesn't take this into account. Okay, so there, there's a sense here in which the, the natural sciences are objective on the one hand, while the social sciences, on the other hand, are subjective. But I hasten to add that Hayek is not entirely satisfied with these terms either, objective versus subjective. Because while he can concede that the objects under study in natural science are independent of the observer, it doesn't necessarily follow that the objects under study in social science are entirely intertwined with the observer. For one, there are situations where human behavior is logical enough without recourse to the innermost thoughts and, and, and intentions of the actors under study. Many of us, for example, every day, get into our cars to drive to work or wherever, and we do so while following traffic laws and under the assumption and, and hope that other drivers will be equally law-abiding. And they get into their cars and drive to work or wherever under the exact same assumption that we too will be equally law-abiding. We needn't study the deepest intentions of every single driver in order to make reasonable predictions about how traffic will work. And Hayek makes this point with the example of a policeman. He notes that, that one policeman succeeding another can be expected to behave quite similarly. Not because he's the same person. This is a key point. He's not the same person, obviously but because he fulfills the same function as his predecessor and therefore stands in the same particular relations and attitudes to other people as his predecessor did. Now, but if the social sciences sometimes display the objective quality of the natural sciences, they have other elements of subjectivism that we should bear in mind. The facts that the social scientist studies are other people's opinions. Now, insofar as these opinions are independent of the researcher himself, they are objective. But still, they're other people's opinions. And as opinions, they may well be false, which means they're not facts. So here we arrive at a question, one which I won't answer, but simply raise for your consideration, namely, to what extent are the social sciences responsible for correcting the opinions that they study? One can study the behavior of people acting out of belief in some absurd superstition, but is it the job of the social sciences to correct these superstitions? This is perhaps more of an ethical question than one embedded in the nature of science itself. But I will mention in, in passing here uh, that on this question, we may see a split even between a 19th century mind, such as that of Austrian school founder Karl Menger, and Hayek, on the other hand. Because for Hayek, social science is not about correcting the false opinions it studies. Menger, by contrast, believed that science was about increasing our knowledge. And part of increasing our knowledge involves being able to distinguish between goods, which we actually need, 
and imaginary goods, which we don't need. For Menger, imaginary goods included things like most cosmetics, charms, the majority of medicines used by primitives in early civilizations, pagan implements, statues, and buildings for the worship of idols, instruments of torture, etc. Some of the goods we do need, according to Menger, are things like food, wine, tobacco. So Hayek runs further with the subjectivism of the social sciences. But to my mind, the subjectivism of the social sciences may have another dimension still that Hayek doesn't mention, but which I think he would agree with. And that is that because actors are free to choose, they can always change their behavior once they become aware of the consequences of their actions or the consequences of other people's actions. And one of the things that social sciences do is, is to reveal the consequences of people's actions. So what that means is that it's, it's enough to have established a law of the social mechanism in order for your awareness of this mechanism to modify it. So what exactly does this mean? Well, recall in, uh, in one of our earlier videos on inflation, we had mentioned that if the money supply is increased, and people expect higher prices, then this extra money flooding the economy won't actually have the stimulating effect that many mainstream economists believe it should have. And this is why social scientists may sometimes seem like they're constantly chasing their tail. Because sometimes a new discovery ends up rendering itself obsolete the moment it's discovered. Now, it's not the same with the natural sciences. For example, with the, the study of electrons. Electrons continue to behave as they do regardless of whether we've figured them out or not. Moreover, Hayek notes that whereas natural sciences tend to begin with the complex phenomena of nature, they work backwards then to better understand the individual elements that make up nature. With the social sciences, Hayek says, it's the reverse. The attitudes of individuals are the data, are the elements that are known to us. And by starting with these, we build up to an understanding of the more complex phenomena that result from human behavior. The social sciences then are compositive, to use Hayek's term. So, Hayek has laid a great deal of emphasis in social sciences on understanding the opinions of actors, the subjective element. But he does caution us against confusing the social scientific method he's talking about with psychology, on the other hand, which Hayek understands as the attempt to explain conscious action. Hayek believes that people's behavior does create a sort of order, or, or orders, if you will. And it is therefore the job of social science to understand these orders. All right, well now it sounds like we're back to the possibility of the social sciences being objective. But not entirely. Because the central point for Hayek is that these orders that emerge are undesigned. Intentional action at the individual level results in undesigned, 
unintended order at the macro level. And this makes prediction all that much more difficult in the social sciences than in the natural sciences. Because each step of the way, uncertainty abounds. The individual action may not correspond well to the intentions that the actor had. He may, he may have chosen the wrong means to, to realize the, his intended goal. Similarly, the immediate consequences of that action may also not fulfill the intentions or expectations that the actor had. Further, the macro or societal consequences may also contradict the intentions. And the historical consequences may be entirely out of line with anything that the actors at the time could have envisioned. It's enough to think about the unpredictable and upsetting effects that wars and revolutions have on individuals, societies, and history to realize when it comes to human phenomena, how little we really know. And that's what Hayek would say.